Welcome back to Episode 4, Season 2 of Retromancer, a monthly podcast of two friends exploring their favorite game, Netrunner. This week we're joined by a special guest, special egg, a great person by the name of Ed. Welcome. Hello, hello. Uh, greetings. It is 6.03 a.m. Um, in the UK. Uh, thanks ever so much for having me on. I'm glad we could find a time that worked for two thirds of the uh, podcast. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no! Shots fired! <laughs> I know. You're so you're you're too kind, Ian. <laughs> no, in, in all honesty, um, I've been awake since three a.m. I've been excited to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, it's great to have you. I only have learned of, of you through the Green Level Clearance server because I kind of was out of Netrunner for a while. Do you want to maybe introduce yourself and talk about? how you got into Netrunner, and then what you're doing in the community right now? Yeah, sure. So um, I played my first game in Netrunner in about 2015 um, via Sharp and Sit Down and then Terminal 7 podcast. Great podcast. Oh, yeah, Check that stuff out, right? Like Terminal 7 really got me into Netrunner, I think, just from their enthusiasm. Um, and so I was like, I'm going to buy this game. I played it once or twice with friends. Uh, and then it kind of sat on the shelf. Um, and then I think through some kind of YouTube algorithm, some videos started popping up about Netrunner. Like, ah, this game is interesting, isn't it? Dabbled a bit for a few years. And then obviously pandemic times happened. So around February, March 2020, I was like, I'm going to need a hobby during lockdown. So I went... Honestly, 100% headfirst into the Netrunner community. I had my first tournament in March 2020. By June 2020, I was streaming. Uh, by July 2020, I ran a charity tournament. Uh, by November 2020, I was a mod on the GLC community. I think I commentated a tournament or two by then as well. By uh, March 2021, I streamed the whole of System Gateway month release. So I streamed for 30 days in a wow. row. Uh, wow. Every, every, every night with a different guest on every night, um, just doing the kind of spoiler season stuff. I commentated Highlight, commentated uh, European EMEA Continentals finals, which was amazing. Um, I played Worlds last year, played Worlds the year before. I'm an admin now. We call ourselves modmins on GLC. So okay. admin just is kind of technical kind of side of things, but I'm back in house, but we're essentially we're all mods. And then very recently joined the marketing team for Nisei. Uh, as wow. kind of like my final form, the egg, the egg <laughs> is hatched. This, you think so, you're in your final form now? Uh, there's no, there's, now. there's no, for there's now. nowhere, no up to go from here. I think, Really, I have reached the pinnacle of my Netrunner career, right? Because I'm on retro. <laughs> oh, no. Jeez. Oh, Are you trying to get invited back? Yeah. He is. I would, hey, look, so I've got, I've had one and a half appearances on Slums Cast. 
I've had, I think, five, six appearances on Shadownet. And this is my first on Retromancer. And look, the process, there's no way I'm getting invited on that. That's like actually talking about Netrunner. And uh, that's not a strength. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, it's not not hard to get invited back on our podcast. It's just, uh, you know, we just chit chat and then and then we publish it and that's great we love it so like i think pretty much i just said to you so i'm gonna come on your podcast aren't i and you said yeah that would be there nice. you go so and it happened and it happened so thank you very much <laughs> here, we are. here we are so uh so you you basically just got into this um kind of like really seriously at the beginning of like 2020 basically as covid started Sure. We're talking two years, really, that I've been seriously involved in the game. Like, I've played, I played games before. I think my first deck on Netrunner Database is 2017. Wow. Um, which I believe was like a, a max account surveillance deck. Like, what a great first deck wow, to start out with. Wow, that's beautiful. Oh, I love, I love. Like, tag, tag, tag me max with God of War. And then go for like a 32 credit, 32 card deep dive for counter surveillance. Yeah, it was awesome. One of my one of my favorite things is to just see when people like start getting into games, like what their first direction that they choose to go that like gets them really excited. I, I don't like to use the phrase like it says a lot about a person because that seems like really reductionist, but more like it's just like a, everyone has a different dream when they're playing a game and it kind of tells you kind of the dream that they're looking for uh, and like what really like vibes with them. Cause it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a two way thing, you know, like we'll, we'll have an idea for a deck and then we'll make the deck and the deck will fall flat. And we'll try that over and over and over again until like something catches. And it's like this feedback for like the games telling you like, yeah, this works. And you're like, Oh, and I understand why it works. Cause I came up with the idea. Um, and it's, yeah. uh, it's like kind of a magical sort of thing. <laughs> I think I've got a split personality on this, right? So I've got like these two sides to it where my my heart is definitely in this. I will play a list that 99 times doesn't work and the one time it pays off is worth those 99 times that mm-hmm. you lose. And I've got so many lists that are on like a, a 10 or 12% win rate on JNet that I've played 20 games of. And I'm happy with that because one time it worked. That's <laughs> awesome. When it comes to competition... I am very, very focused. I will play meta decks. I'll play tier one. Sure. Because I want to win. I enjoy winning. So if I win through kind of 12 cards coming together at the same time, that feels great. If I win through hard work and practice, that feels great as well. They're kind of like different perspectives on the same sort of the same sort of thing. Uh, you know, like a, like a like a landmark, for example. Like you're gonna, it's gonna be different when you look at it from a different direction, and it's gonna look completely different in some cases. And it's still the same. It's still the same thing. This is like a huge philosophy question, right? This is all about like uh, what is reality. And you've got like relativism. Okay, so I like to describe. I'm a, I'm a philosophy. Oh, player, philosophy student. I, I kind of almost almost made it to the end of university, and then chefing uh, came in. But we can talk about chefing another time. <laughs> um, but but like, for me, reality is like this big wall. It's a mural, and it's like an infinite mural. It's a bit like Plato's kind of thing. Yeah, the cave. Plato's like cave. the allegory of the cave. Big wall. 
the allegory of the cave, right? It's very similar. So everyone's got this wall and it's a mural and everyone's standing at slightly different points. And we can all see lots of it. But you've got to remember that some people see a bit that other people don't. And so, like, everyone sees the world slightly differently, right? And so, GLC, moderation. <laughs> I think this is one Segway. of the things that I wanted to talk about. Tell everyone me, tell me the, the connection. Yeah. Here's the connection. Everyone sees the world slightly differently. So, I think, as a community, we have to kind of... What is the least possible harm that we can do as people right like what is the you know people get upset about say if someone says mad i will contact them on glc and say we prefer you not to use the word mad because mad has negative mental health connotations right now for 99.9 percent of people they don't see that part of the wall. They don't see that part of the mural. And they go, yeah, but you know, that's not how I meant it. That's fine. But that 0.01% mm-hmm. of the person that does see that part of the mural, that sees that word in a way that is hurtful or brings harm to them in some kind of way. If you understand the world like that, you kind of want to, for me anyway, you want to help that 0.1% of people just because you can't see it yourself doesn't mean it's not there and it is there for someone and that wall does still exist it's just infinitely big yeah. where do we stop where do we stop oh how far does the wall go yeah, i mean yeah i guess it's a you know as far as we're willing to take it which absolutely that's kind of that's kind of interesting is that um it can definitely be very challenging at first to try to be accommodating, especially to people who you don't even personally know, for example, and then to ch- try to, you know, remember to change your behavior, which is, which takes energy. And that's, uh, and that can be really challenging. One thing is, is I almost kind of feel like it's sort of a, it's sort of a muscle that if it's, if it's not exercised, it takes a little bit of time to, to kind of build up. And, and the more you practice it, the more you go, uh, you go, okay, yep, sure. Yeah. I know to use this word instead of that. And then eventually it just becomes practice. But basically just changing behavior is, is an exercise and does take energy. And um, and it is something to ask that from people. So it's helpful to be reminded of why it's really important to ask that of people. Yeah. And like when I ask people, I'm not asking people in a way that's like telling them off like a school teacher. I'm asking them because I just want to remind, like you said, like guys is a perfect example okay people say guys in everyday society to mean a group of people Mm -hmm. uh regardless of gender yeah but i know of people that don't feel included by the word guys (laughs) so and i know that they exist in the community Mm, so when someone says guys i say hey there just so you know when you're addressing a group of people in this community, not everyone here is guys. Could you use folks or peeps or friends or netrunners or cool cyberpunks, whatever you want to do? And that means that we have full inclusivity. And I think that's where the success of GLC has really come from, is that. And I think that's why people look at GLC and go, wow, this community continues to grow. It continues to thrive. It continues to be a fun place to hang out. Um, and behind the scenes, those kind of conversations happen. People 
people are so accommodating and understanding of it. It's so rare that I ever have to have more of a conversation than, okay, sorry about that. Hmm. Because people get it and it, it, it's cool. And that's just like a big thanks to the Netrunner community for understanding what we want to do as a mod team and what we want to do as a community and why we want to do it. So uh, shout out to the GLC community, really, for, for understanding and accommodating our, our moderation strategy. I think, that's a, I think that's a really special thing to pursue. Uh, very, I would say, precious. It's, it's a very precious thing to pursue because that's, that, that requires a lot from people. Um, and I'm sure that, um, I'm sure some people value it extremely, extremely highly. Yeah, I know what it feels like personally to have someone say don't say that that's hurtful it feels bad like for me i have changed my language and my behavior over the last two years from telling someone to, to piss off if they said something like that to me if, if someone said to me i'd rather you didn't use guys i'd say i'm going to use whatever words i like you can't tell me what to do to now understanding why it's harmful and helpful and taking people on that journey and seeing people change and understand and be accommodating for other people's needs is just like, it fills me with joy and warmth and happiness. So yeah, <laughs> it really does. So really does. what did they, what did they tell you to convince you? Um, I think to see, to see it from a different perspective. So I think it is much the same as anything. It's exposure to the people that are affected. Right. So let's, do a little uh, let's do a little UK politics corner here, right? So for, for those all right for those that don't know, we're going into a little politics deep dive. All right, so um, in twenty eighteen we had the Brexit vote. Are we going to leave Europe or not? Okay, and the campaign to leave Europe was largely run on kind of xenophobic racism that it's us versus them, it's British pride versus foreigners. And the areas that voted for Brexit were the areas with the least number of ethnic minorities in them. So they're the ones that, in theory, would be least affected by people coming across the channel, coming to invade our country, because they're not there anyway. But it's a lack of exposure, mm -hmm. because you have, they didn't have the exposure of people from different cultures, races, ethnicities, or backgrounds. They didn't have that. They didn't have the the knowledge or understanding of like what it's like to be a different person. And so for me, being part of a community where you've got people from different backgrounds and races and communities and ethnicities and genders and belief systems and speaking to them and saying, I don't understand this. Can you explain? And sometimes people will say, no, it's for you to work it out yourself. And that's fine. It's, it's their prerogative. And I'm asking them to go out of their way and they can perfectly happily say, no, you work it out yourself. But the people that have taken the time to explain it to me have had a huge impact on my life um, and they know who they are. I've had, I've had 5am conversations with Sanjay is a good example of someone. Um, I stayed up from about midnight to 5am talking to Sanjay. Uh, and wow. Enzu, she very regularly still tells me when I'm going wrong very very regularly she's one of the other admins in glc um, and we've had blazing shouting matches over the phone you're wrong i'm wrong and there's things we still disagree on but 
we've certainly found the middle ground where we're happy. Um, and yeah, shout, really shout out to the people that have taken the time. Yeah. And as someone who has been reached out to, even as like a minor, just like you said, I used a word in a way that I didn't think was hurtful. But when I got the notice about it, I said, you know, that actually makes 100% sense. And it was a very wholesome like moment. But I can understand also on the flip side, if you, I know that the person that reached out to me made a lot of effort to just be like, hey, I'm not trying to attack you. I'm doing this privately. So I think that was a very mm. great thing to be just reached out that way. And yeah. that that's kind of the nice thing about Discord in a way. You have the option to private message. That's so It's so handy with Discord that you can do that and that you can go, hey, look, let's have a phone call about it. If you disagree with me, we'll have a chat. And then you might convince me. Do you know what? I don't think that everything that I've said so far is 100% right. I'm sure there are things there that I will change my opinion on in five years. So let's talk it through. I'm not saying I'm the all-powerful, this is an autocracy. What I am saying is, here's our community, here's the rules we'd like you to follow, and here's why. That's uh, that's kind of it on GLC, really. But the reason I brought that up is because I think that's how you create a welcoming environment in board gaming, generally. And I think it's where other games have failed and where Netrunner has been successful. I think that's a good, cool. uh, good take. And I... It's interesting too sometimes that feel like Netrunner in a way it it deals with really dark subjects, right? You have cards that are literally talking about apartments being leveled. You've got cards that a missile is about to take out a person, but you also have kind of. I mean, mean, you've got off you've got off campus apartment, right? Like, let's invite all our friends over. Let's invite them all. All yeah, all the students, all the kids. Let's get them all over here, and then. And then you tag them, and then you destroy it, and then you <laughs> kill a bunch of a bunch of your oh, friends. No. Like, <laughs> oh no, it's really dark. <laughs> really brutal. It's really dark. Yeah, yeah. It's so but dark. but at the same time, it's a very, oh like, man. You know, there's cards of people being who they who they actually are. There's also uh, people going through. So it's not like as gritty as a take on cyberpunk as some other mediums are, I think. There's like a lot of like hope in this crazy or I guess I should say unpredictable is a better mm. way to put it, in a very chaotic place. There's a a lot of hope that there's like anarchs that are trying to change the system. There are shapers. You know, that's what I love about the setting too. Like Tao's a really good example of this, right? Um uh, Tao's Tao's story, the law. Um, I can't remember who wrote it. Uh, maybe in the show notes or something like that. But uh, definitely worth a read. Uh, Tao's uh, origin story. It seems like behind the scenes they're like Machiavellian, almost like manipulating. But really, they're kind of changing for good. Um, and I like that. That you know, there's hope there. Mm. Like you said, this kind of. Even the slightly darker, more manipulative characters, you can take the story how you want to. Do you know what I mean? I like that. Yeah. There's a lot of ambiguity, but there's a lot of you can put yourself into the story. So Tao's in, Tao is an altruist. Yeah, like a secret altruist. Even though he's, and even though they're secretive, it's like some kind of crime boss almost. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, so I think all right. That's kind of that's that's a fun character. 
One thing I don't like about a lot of sci-fi universes is you can kind of, I mean, they, they go in a lot of different directions. And I think kind of one of the, one of the fundamental like necessary components of sci-fi is, is that it's not, it's not just fiction, but it's fiction based in like the predicted reality of the near future. That's, that's really important. This is basically like, this is an image of who we are becoming as, as human beings or as, as, as a world. Um, and, uh, so it always generally takes trends from now and kind of exacerbates them into the future, right? So like corporations getting, you know, even more powerful or, you know, paramilitary organizations or, um, you know, technology is getting out of control, lack of personal liberty, all the things that we fear, um, are expressed through science fiction. And one thing about, well, really like Netrunner is, is that it's like, as, as the world becomes more chaotic, especially for the individuals, it kind of liberates those individuals to say, you know what? I just, I just need to be myself. Like I, you know, at the end of the day, the world is, the world is going out of control. The best thing I can do is just try to be my true authentic self. And the need is even more important because we never know how long we're going to have. And I think that's, I think it's a really awesome perspective because I, I know it's it's easy to get caught up in the in the events of everything and 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 sometimes just forget that like you know at the end of the day you're just you're yourself and you have the time you have so like be who you want to be don't like waste your time being somebody else. Yeah, that's such a positive message. Yeah, absolutely. I've I've got very little exposure to science fiction. Um, I. I'm a bit geeky, but I'm not a nerd by any stretch of the imagination. Like, I haven't really read any science fiction before. My exposure is Star Wars, and maybe like a couple of episodes of Next Generation. Uh, while I was watching, while I was studying philosophy, like TNG, TNG and philosophy, like every episode. Next Generation episode. philosophy <laughs> for sure. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's super amazing. It's actually kind of funny because Star Wars is more just like not even science fiction. It's just hard fantasy, really, because um, it's because it lacks that element of like, where are we going as human beings that like the next generation does the opposite. It like basically only addresses that. I mean, it, it's basically just theater for, you know, like, what's the world going to be like and how are we going to address this ethical dilemma? Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Um so yeah, next generation. I really need to watch back because uh, philosophy of ethics was a really big uh, thing for me. Um, yeah, cool. That was a really interesting conversation to have. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't. I, w- I want to segue into castles, and then uh, after that, maybe we go into ashes. To ashes. Uh, tell us what you want to. What would you like to tell us about castles? Yeah, what, what's so important about castles? Ed? My new job. Fantastic. Well, tell us about your new job. So, about your new... Hold on. Let's segue. Um, British imperialism. Um, do you know what Britain also invented, but they didn't really because the French invented them, and it probably wasn't even the French? Right. Uh, and castles. I have a new job. I'm going to be head chef of a castle. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Talk, um... We're recording at 6am because in 24 hours I'm going to Scotland and I'm going to go and be head chef of a luxury castle 
on the uh, on the west coast of Scotland, in the middle of nowhere. I mean, room rates start room rates start from seven or eight hundred dollars a night, depending on what your conversion rate is, um, going up to about three to four thousand dollars a night. Um, it is super luxury. I am very excited. Wow, that's exciting. I'm super excited yeah. for you. I'm glad that you're also excited. I'm excited because I've been out of work for the last five months. Um, so I was signed off uh, with mental health issues. I have type 2 bipolar disorder, um, which hasn't affected my career. I've been a chef for 14 years, uh, head chef for seven years. Um, and I've kind of managed my mental health issues outside of work and not let them affect my work. Um, and then I made the mistake last year of becoming self-employed. Um, I say the mistake. Oh. It meant I had my own agency, so that when I had issues, rather than burying them under the carpet, I went, okay, it's time to address these issues and seek help, which was probably long-term a positive, but short-term meant that I wasn't working. First of all, I'm glad that you've gone on a journey and you've mm. helped yourself. That's a good, that's a great thing. Yeah. So something that um, something that I recently set up on GLC, which is why I wanted to be really self-indulgent and talk about my own personal issues, is um, I've set up Mental Health Clinic, the Channel Mental Health Clinic, which is just a place where people can either post their own stories or problems or struggles because modern life's difficult, right? Like It is. It's true. We, we all find life hard from time to time. And sometimes there's mental illness. And sometimes the mental health issues, and sometimes there's just mental well-being issues, right? I like that. Um, and ha having a safe space where you know that you can talk to a bunch of friends in a community that we've nurtured in the way that we have, and know that someone, even if you just get a little heart emoji at the end of what you've said, do you know what? I know how good that feels. You know how good that feels when someone just puts a little thumbs up at the end of what you've said. Yeah. That means someone's read it and gone, thank you for sharing that. I encourage people to check that out. Uh, I've posted recently that if anyone wants to message me or anyone else in the community, I'm happy to post anonymously for other people. Uh, if they wanted to just share their story without, yeah, without, without people putting a name to the story, but just, you know, wall of conscious and, uh, and just get some thoughts out there. Uh, sure. That's available as well. So really it, it's gone down very very well so far it encouraged me to go to the gym right like i hadn't been to the gym for 17 years and um I, I posted in there and then two days later i was at the gym like bench pressing uh, wow weight. and and yeah 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 but i went on old... sunbed as you can as you can see <laughs> from my <laughs> red face i did a little sunbed <laughs> and I, I feel so much better about myself now just sharing my experience and my story i went okay i own that now i'm in control of that situation i'm gonna feel good about myself again i'm gonna go for a two-hour cycle i'm gonna go and do weights for an hour i'm gonna read a book i'm gonna go for a walk in the countryside whatever it is that does that for you once you once you share it once you own it once you're in control of it and once you know that other people are there to support you it makes the journey so much easier do you feel like do you feel like a big part of it is um just sort of 
kind of taking ownership for yourself, like a lot of stress comes from it, it, it's like imposed with expectations on ourselves, but also, you know, expectations that we impose on ourselves from, you know, other people or whatever, and kind of feeling like you're not in control of your life. And instead just being like, you know what, I'm going to do some self-care for myself because I want to, because I'm in control of my life. And, um, and the relief comes from remembering that you're in control of your own life. Uh, is, is that, is that kind of, is that kind of the, 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 the crux of it? I think that's like who controls your life and who controls your destiny. I think is a really great way of, of framing it. Like, am I controlled by my job? Am I controlled by family commitments? Am I controlled by expectation from other people? family members am i controlled by expectation from society and you know what if you've got a wife and three kids and pets that you need to take for a walk you can't lie to yourself that does to some degree control a little bit of who you are and what you do but acknowledging that and then stepping away from it and saying where can i put some control in my life as well i think is just a really useful tool and i think you you gain that perspective and that objectiveness from stepping back and looking at what you've written, keeping a diary, a great way of doing that. Look back at what you wrote a week ago. Have I changed? Have I reflected on that? Like there's loads of tools and I'm not a medical professional. <laughs> and, and there's no one in that channel as far as I'm aware that is a medical professional. That's fair. This is only, my own personal perspective or yours, Nate, or yours, Steve. Mm -hmm. um, and I wouldn't take anything that anyone says in there as read, but I would take it as caring and loving and coming from a good place. It's sure. certainly worth reflecting on. Sure. I am. I've always been really uh, big into self-care because I feel like it's something that really, um, I've kind of realized as I've gotten older, like the habits that we pick up are, are basically uh, the ones that we're, we're taught or we teach ourselves, but basically they're, they're, they're patterns that we've, um, you know, we're like, okay, this is the pattern. And then we do this and there are deficiencies in that pattern of our lives. Uh, and oftentimes self-care is one of them. And then we just, you forget to take care of yourself and uh, you're focusing on all the things you got to focus on. And, um, and it, and it, it's crazy how fast it can get to you. Uh, and you're just like, Oh my gosh, what, like, what am I even doing? And so I've always been like, like, yeah, what, like, what, what do you want from like, like what makes you happy? Just do something that makes you happy. It was like in, it was like in twin peaks. Um, Kyle McLaughlin says, you know, give yourself a gift every day. Just, just a gift, just something that makes you happy. Um, because, because it's really important when you're an adult, you don't have any, well, I mean, you have people in your lives, but you're kind of looking out for yourself and, and it's really important to take care of yourself. So, uh, I, I, I love hearing that people do that. One that, uh, really works for me is I send a message every day to someone and tell them why I appreciate them. Wow. I don't know. That's like super soft, that's big, but no, that's that, very that gives kind. me like, that gives me like real good feels because I know that person's going to go, Ed's a nice person because he said something nice to me. So, yeah, like 
I appreciate you too for inviting me on the podcast and not judging me for rambling on about things that I want to, right? Like, that's very <laughs> kind and caring of you. But I will, every, every single day, I'll send a message and say, I appreciate you for, to someone. Um, and I mean it. It's not just, it's not tokenism. Um, it means that you think about someone else and think about how they affect your life. And two benefits. One, that person feels better. And two, you feel better. So that's my task for everyone that listens to this. Try it. It works really well. Try it out. Yeah. I love that. That's fantastic. I'm, you know I'm super else, into that. Do you know what else works really well if you're feeling sad and you want to improve your well-being? No. Uh, look, tell me. Listening to music. Do you know what music I like to listen to? What? David Bowie. Oh, oh yeah? Do you know what my favorite David Bowie song is? Uh, no. A- Ashes to Ashes. Oh. Wait, that's an actual David Bowie song? <laughs> oh my goodness. You are the master of segues. This is so... I, I'm blown away by your segue. Oh my gosh. All right, so... All right, so Ashes to Ashes, that's, uh, that's, our, that's our tournament that we're running. So I'll make sure to link it in the show notes, but coming up, you know, in less than a week is going to be a multi-week asynchronous league where you play one round a week. You get paired up with someone, and then uh, it's a Swiss round, so based on how you do, you'll be paired against people of different skill levels, and they'll be prizing, you know, based on how well you do, but also just stick with it. We're going to have a raffle for... Uh, the people that keep participating, even if uh, you didn't do as great as you hoped you did, uh, you could win a copy of what's coming out, which is going to be Midnight Sun. So once it's released, the winner is going to get a Midnight Sun set. The top four are going to get a Midnight Sun booster pack. And then um, if you have an ID that is uh, the highest finisher with both IDs not represented in the top four, will also get a booster pack from Midnight Sun. And the raffle... Mm is either the system gateway full set or a midnight sun set upon release. Wow. The details we'll have in the link. So it'll be cool. Um, and shout out to Truthless, who reached out to me and also did the uh, lion's share of the work talking to the GLC moderation and uh, some of the Nisei OP people to get this going. Yeah, yeah. Truthless did a ton of work there. Um, I did very minimal work on this I basically was just a conduit for other people to speak to each other uh, uh, I would like to announce an additional prize oh oh boy yes. I have um, a very special prize uh, which I am going to find and show you what it is uh, oh boy it's special so Sanjay, I don't know if anyone knows this, but Sanjay, around the time of Gateway release, did a special comic uh, based on the Steve Lou uh, fanfic uh, romance. Um, do you know about this at all? It's news to me. Yes, yeah, Steve and, uh, and Luke, right? Yeah, Steve, Steve and Lou. Because uh, because French, so we don't pronounce the P. Although I always say loop rather than loop. Yeah. Um, 
and so Sanjay made a uh, a comic at the time, um, and very kindly sent me. Oh boy, so, a successful run! Oh, I'm excited. So, uh, do you want to read it out, Steve or Nate? Okay, so Lou, Lou is that is that Lou in a bed? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Lou is in a bed and he says, last night was amazing. I wonder where Steve went. And then Steve is on the next panel. He says, I'm think, I'm thinking, I'm back, puppy. I went out to get us coffee, but I didn't know what you liked. So I got an Americano and a chocolate spice triple nutmeg frap. Hopefully you like one of those. I'm happy to have either you pick which one I get. And it's titled A Successful Run. Oh, no. <laughs> That's <laughs> That's lovely thematic Steve Cambridge stuff there. You get to Oh, I get it. Oh, that's so, (laughs) that's so dear. Oh my goodness. So I have, I have the original pencil drawings and the original pen drawings. Um, I'm offering the original pen drawings as a prize. Wow. As a raffle prize. Wow. All right. What a deal. Wow. That is available yeah. only to listeners of the podcast. So, oh, so they have to like prove have, that they listen to our podcast somehow. So, so well, all they need to do is message one of you two and say yes. I would like part of. I would like to take part oh, in I see. the competition, and I've listened to the podcast. It is an unannounced prize, and I will post it off to them. Wow, that is exceptional! Thank you so much, Ed. All right. Yes. So his name is his name is Arsimon. Arsimon. So yeah, it's uh, Rene Rene Lou Arsimon. Got you, it. Have you read Have you read the fan fiction by Bas Chiribonka? I have not. Oh my goodness! Right. <laughs> Let's go into a deep dive. <laughs> so we've. Uh, I guess. I guess we can. I guess we can now that we've run all the centrals. <laughs> Yo! There we go. Hey. <laughs> love it. Oh, man, I'm um, How do I find this? Reddit. Uh, and then we go. Why does he have, like, fangs? Do we know? Is he, like, a werewolf? Why does he it's... have fangs? Yeah, because yeah, he's cause, um, he's uh, G-Mod, isn't he? He's... Genetically modified. Yeah. I see. Uh, to be like a wolf. He's a party animal. Uh, yeah, to be a wolf and a party animal. I see. I would probably not read this out. But there was someone wrote some fan fiction about uh, Steve Cambridge and Rene Lou Arsimont. Oh boy! Okay, uh, it may have been slightly based on Brokeback Mountain. I don't know. I don't know who wrote it. I have no idea. Um, it was quite big in the Netrunner community uh, about a year ago. Wow! All right. I this. Oh boy! I'm super excited. I did not know anything about this. So this well. was based on. This is this is because you've come back to the game late. So this was based on my stream. This is real, like, deep Netrunner lore. So myself, myself and Anarcho Mushroom did a drunk stream 
during uh, system gateway release. Um, and we got absolutely wasted and did a tier ranking of all system update cards. And uh, at some point, um, I, I'm going to say this politely in case you want to include it in the podcast. Shroom said that he would really, really, really like to um, have relationship with Steve. And then we decided that Steve and Lou would be the perfect kind of romance of these characters. I see. So there's a deep backstory here. And then, and then what happened was if we had 400 viewers, then Shroom promised to write some fanfic. And then we got 400 viewers. Wow. Because this was kind of kicking off um and then shroom didn't write fanfic oh no but someone else did so sanjay by oh not sanjay it wasn't sanjay that wrote it the was fanfic, uh but... it was bass bass um bass chiribonka chiribonker <laughs> that's great so so tell me why um why steve and lou is it because is it because is it because Lou Lou is the chaos and Steve is the order? Is that what it is? The the it's, uh, are, it's are they literally, like? It's exactly that. Like Steve, wow. straight laced. Um, Steve can be whoever you want him to be. It, it, if you think about Brokeback Mountain, you've got the two characters there, right? You've got one who's very comfortable with their sexuality and their gender and and who they are and what they do, and that's Lou. And then you have got Steve, who's kind of like is a different person to who he seems to be on the surface. So I think they work very well together as characters in fanfic. Um, and, and, and an author, uh, Bast Chiribonka, uh, thought the same. So, yeah. With thanks to Exile Streethawk, who knows the real meaning of trash and apologies to Ang Lee. I, 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 don't, I don't know what that means. That was the summary that they included. Okay, so Exile. Uh, Exile was the uh, card that says, like, the first time a card's trashed, gain a credit or something like that. That was the Shaper ID. And Ang Lee is the director of Breakback Mountain. I see. I see. Okay, so... Coming together. I believe. I, 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 just, believe, I believe that's what it means. I, I wasn't sure if there was some kind of, like, secret dig in, in the who knows the real meaning of trash. Oh right, no. Maybe they angrily directed Brokeback Mountain. Maybe they were referring to their. Time. Maybe they were referring to their own their own fan fiction as trash. Oh, uh, yes, it is absolute trash. It is it is basically just full of netrunner references and swear words. There's nothing wrong with netrunner references. It's all we live for. Oh. All right, Ed. Let's talk about something. Uh, let's talk about something uh, mechanical and interesting. Since you mentioned to me that you guys did a tier list of uh, of, of cards, what are you most wrong about? Ooh, good question. Oh, right. So I did, as as I kind of alluded to, one thing I did was I did a lot of testing for System Gateway. Okay. Um, and Red Team was seen as one of the most busted cards ever printed. Um, and it got nerfed and nerfed and nerfed and nerfed. But Red Team was still seen as potentially a problem. Huh. Yeah. You I don't know. really see like, it at all. 
I, I know you're both looking at me like, really? It was no. the most problematic card ever. Just and and I still think can make it work, but I can't find the deck anymore. But there's a point where it costed like three credits to install, and it it worked with um, run events, and it was just so busted. It's an interesting thing looking back at because we don't, you know, when we see the released cards, we don't know the story behind them. Um, and, you know, there's definitely some cards that I've seen historically where you're like, this card isn't good. Um, and I especially when a card is like unplayable, mm. I, I, I think to myself, I'm like, you know, this probably was broken. And then they nerfed it at the last minute and shipped it because it's better, better than better dead than overpowered, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. game warping. Um, and so like, I think of cards like, uh, the source and I'm like, okay, this was, this, this had to have been something that was really good. <laughs> and then just, so, so broken at some point. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. But we don't get to know the story at all. Unfortunately, we just gotta, gotta yeah. like hypothesize it, but the playtesters get to know the story, you know, like other, I, I one thing that is important is that we don't talk too much about the playtest process. And I'm mm -hmm. not like saying edit this out or anything, but um, the playtest meta is challenging and difficult and cards change all the time. And I mm -hmm. don't playtest anymore myself. Um, but I would say that seamless launch, we didn't realize how good seamless launch was. Wow. Okay. Because we were working off a Titan ban, the idea was, well, Titan and Seamless Launch, so we'll ban Titan. Hmm. Um, and yeah, Seamless Launch is a good card, isn't it? I think it's a powerful card, but there's only one ID that it's really powerful, like beyond the curve, and that's precision design. Everything else, I think, you have to find it, you have to install a card. But still, what it does is extremely powerful. So I have a confession know. to make, right? Oh boy. I have played one game of Startup ever post-release of Gateway. Did you, get all of your, uh, did you get all your games out before the release? Yeah, I played so much Startup before release. Yeah, and then I was like... That's I fair. With startup. That's um, fair. And I, just, look, I, I love the Startup meta, but I just played a lot of it. How does... Seamless launch and San San City Grid work. Uh, do you mean like? Are you asking? Is it good or are you asking is how the good? mechanical is interaction good? is? No, I like, have. Is it good? Mm, I have never seen anybody play it, nor have I even considered trying it. You know what? Now, now we're gonna do this deck, and it's like, he's gonna be cracked the code. <laughs> that doesn't so, sound very. That doesn't sound very good to me. So. so <laughs> I, I, there would be that I, I you like okay. protect the remote. You protect the remote with a maze, and then like I don't know, um, one of like say say so you're importing a maze and sand sand city grid into PD. Yeah, and then you can score out five threes. Sure. I mean, that's okay. You could also... Yeah. I mean, I've done... Uh, well, wait, score out of 5-3 because you seamless advance advance score, right? Yeah. Um, oh, but see... 
is part of this that you're basically installing two face down cards, and right? They're like, I'm not going to run that, and you're like, well, that's the I thing can. about yeah. That's the thing about startup is whenever somebody installs two face down cards, you always run it, right? Because they're always two good cards. I mean, you could protect your sand sand with a snare or something like that, but at the end of the day, you're losing your sand sand, and that's the piece you need for the combo. So basically, there's. Um, light the fire does change a lot of this, too. And, light, and then, light, yeah, unfortunately, light the fire completely changed it because now there's almost no reason not to run. Uh, like, it's, it's more of a. It's like the game has become about, like, um, okay, if he installed a card, maybe that's a trap, maybe it's not, maybe it's an upgrade, maybe it's a piece of his combo, but if I'm going to be efficient, I might as well... Uh, it's generally not uh, a threat, a big threat. The The threat increases the more cards that go into the server, so now you've got two cards in there, so like, so like what is that? It could be, uh, it, I mean, it could be um, Vladisibirsk, or it could be a San San... Um, it's generally not a trap. Uh, it could be ganked. Ganked is definitely a thing, although it's kind of only a thing with Ansel, which is kind of its own sort of story. Uh, and so generally, if somebody starts installing a lot of stuff in a server, that means you need to go bust out whatever it is. So, like, it makes the bluff harder by by having two cards in there. So this is where a maze comes into play, right? Because it's a trap. Because a maze will tag twice, and then you can kill the light of the fire before you set up. So you install the... Im so you, the idea would be that you import a maze, you use a maze to get your two tags, you use your two tags, they haven't got time to clear, you kill the light of the fire before they get a chance to use it. Because they not, didn't light the fire when you installed the, the maze. Yeah, because yeah, you're, not, you're not setting up the remote. You put in a maze on centrals, right? Anyway, the, like the maze only triggers. So wait, the maze only triggers when they steal an agenda, though, right? Yeah. So putting an maze on it. Yeah. So you put it on your like. So putting it on centrals is really bad, right? Because yeah, because they need to they need to run and steal in that run. So the likelihood of you being able to trigger it increases, like in a remote where you put an agenda in the remote with the amaze. Therefore, you guarantee it's going to go off. Otherwise, it'll fizzle and they'll trash it and you lost your opportunity. It's, it's also and really this is why I don't play startup. <laughs> well, you know. I mean, in, in your defense, in your defense, I, uh, I, I, I had the same conversation in my head. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I, and then I was like, oh, no, no, wait, no, that won't work. And then, you know, <laughs> then, then I was just sad. So I'm just yeah, sharing my, just came, my sadness with you. Genuinely, that just came to me. And I thought, oh, I think I've found a deck. But oh, man. All right. So Seamless, seamless, is, uh, seamless is pretty good. Red Team, I agree with you. When we first started playing Startup, I'm like, this card is amazing. And uh, actually, Red Team is amazing. Like, you know, not a lot of people are running it, but I think part of the reason that um, Red Team has decreased in value is because the more we play Startup, the more the game moves towards um, runners running for specific value. So they're not running all the time. They're running for a very specific reason. And... Yeah. Uh, 
So you don't even see a lot of like Penny Shaver, for example, even though Penny Shaver is a great card. Uh, and that's just because that's, that's well, because Penny Shaver, Penny Shaver is one of the best consoles ever printed in my yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is. You're right. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's dependent on the meta, right? And it's like, that's not the meta, you know, we're in where runners are like running for value. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, they're not running for value. They run very specifically at very specific times. And part of that's related to the relationship of remote servers and like what you can do in them. Um, Because Corpse can't, like we had that game where it was like, uh, I would actually say that startup is more like, I guess how the designers originally intended Netrunner to be where it is a it's a never advance meta. You say I'm going to install a card and and what is it? It's a surprise. But I do have to install it. Um, and in historically, Netrunner was actually it kind of moved away from that very quickly into fast advance, and yeah. then um, and so then it didn't become about this bluff of what I'm choosing to install. It became a taxation game of. Can you deal with my Saiyan Saiyans uh, while it, and then maybe I'm going to get enough money to score it with Biotic anyway. And then I'm just going to Astro Train, you know, whatever. And then it... Yeah, it, yeah sure. So you went, you went Astro Train and San Sands and then you went into Titan and then you went into Sports Combo. Right. And that, that, was, that yeah. was one type of, of corp scoring. And then a new one eventually emerged, which was like a Red Coats. Uh, and it was like, that was kind of the very first deck where it's like, I'm going to actually like install advance advance a card and actually be able to score it uh and have a game plan that works around that and so um that kind of and then so then you had um rp sort of had a a version of that as well but it was basically the glacier decks ran the big agendas and then the um the fast advance decks ran the fluid agendas and uh and there was and there was never this like i'm gonna just install and i'm gonna never advance cards um that didn't really ever have a place and so it's kind of, I mean, I think that's part of it is that it's like startup is just like, I'm going to, I'm kind of like bluffing. What is it that I'm throwing into the server? And it becomes a question of, um, it might be an agenda or it might be an upgrade that I'm using to enable my agenda. But, uh, you know, because I don't know, like because of the way like the ice is set up and how expensive it is and the tempo of the game, basically you don't have these runners that like run as their economy anymore which is just super strange to me <laughs> sure. yeah, 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 yeah. it's wild yeah different uh, it's not yeah it's it's absolutely mind-boggling to me how good andromeda's effect was when i really did not think it was that good like it's just like it's the economic value of just being those four clicks ahead and how meaningful that is for the runner and especially how like underhandedly good it was. Cause I mean, I think at the end of the day, it was like, what is Andromeda? She's blue with four extra clicks. Um, but that's a big deal. It's a huge deal. And it's, it reminds me of a net, what was it? Next design. It was like kind of like the court version of the same thing, but not, not even remotely good enough. Near as good. Steve, have you have you have you played Steve? Have you played a lot of Class Act in Startup? Class Act is my one of my favorite cards. Mm. Uh, I run uh, as a lot, and I'm running a as deck that's got a lot of events, but also runs Masterwork and Hardware. And I'm sick. The Class Act is just super 
great at you, you, normally you don't want a lot of events with masterwork but it's like well i'm gonna passively draw and then just get rid of the card i can't play or or draw it into my hand so that i can play the next card with like a q loop or something and, and you just keep like filtering like, and cycling blue, blue events are the best right exactly like, you've got you've got bravado and you've yeah. you've got doof so no doof in startup doof, though. Actually, doof's not not startup. No. Oh, yeah. Wow. I, yeah, it's, it's world. It's really weird. How do you steal credits? What do you do? You uh, you, make them ice. you, you make trick them the you ice. trick the corp into playing terrible ice like pharaohs. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh, right. You're talking about right. Last one from me. Cards that I thought were going to be game changing. Blister. I thought Ballista was going to, like, absolutely, Rig Shooter was going to be a huge deal. And Argus was going to be tier one. Wait, Argus isn't in startup, is he? No, no, no. no sorry, not in startup, just generally in Netrunner. Oh. Ballista was just a busted card. Ballista is a, a card that I'm actually just now starting to come around back to it. Because I was going for like Taxation Wayland and then I landed in. I'm kind of going back to Rig Shooter because Taxation Wayland is, is just, is too slow. Yeah. So how does, how does Rig Shooter work in Wayland in Startup then? Uh, you use, you use um, SDS. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, okay. that's all you got. Send a message for Tyre. Is that right? For Tyre. Um, yeah. Yeah, or archers. Okay, it's yeah, not sure. really a, it's not really whatever. Um, the value of rig shooter, I think, is reduced because of uh, th this. Is the problem is that botulus and boomerang are both so good that even if you do rig shooter runner, they're not crippled. So I've got a question for you. Obviously, we're getting quite close to borealis release. We're going to lose ashes. What cards are you looking forward to leaving the meta? What card am I looking for the most? I know, I know what your answer is, Stephen. All right, what's my answer? You guess it. What? Guess no, it. you look. You raged about it for like. First of all, you've never raged about a card, and you raged about it last night. Oh, what did I rage about? Hoshiko, was that the one? Ah, uh, yeah. I think I think in startup, her ability just to access a card and flip is really strong and none of the other IDs really have that sort of potency because there's always going to be cards in the corporation's discard pile. So like if I go ice, ice, hedge fund and you're like dirty laundry archives, you're going to flip, get dirty laundry, get the two bonus credits, get the draw the next turn. It's just like, whoa, that's so much gas and throughout the game. She's just yeah. such a strong... I think there's a really big reason why her win rate is so high. But also, <laughs> you throw in the Kiko, the whole engine around Kiko and Paladin Puebo that are, is going to go away, just like Rezeki's going to go away. So a lot of the mm. passive, really strong, long-term runner econ is going to get shifted out of the meta. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure if it's going to get replaced. So It's interesting. What about you, Nate? <laughs> So this is a weird, this is a weird take, because um, the cards I want to see go, I don't feel are actually a problem. I 
really love a lot of the cards in Startup. Um, Boomerang, I love. I think it is such an awesome, interesting, powerful, specifically... Did you come up with... Did you invent Boomerang? No, I'm just waving goodbye to Boomerang. Oh, <laughs> I, I, love Boomerang. I, I, I love Boomerang so oh, much. Oh, man. I, I, I love I'm it. I'm really excited to see it go. <laughs> I'm not I, I love it. I love it. It's one of my favorite cards. So it's uh, it's actually it's not boomerang. I'm willing to see, I, I want to see go. It's actually Rizeki. I want to see go mm, okay. uh, because actually I don't feel like Rizeki is a bad card necessarily. I think it. Um, I I think more what it is is the issue is is that like Rizeki defines the meta so significantly from an economic perspective, and the court decks just aren't really geared to deal with it um so the only way to really win is to play super 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 fast and a lot of corp decks just can't do that um and steve actually found probably the fastest deck that i know of in startup well, with the, uh he, he be dick yeah hiobu flower yeah. sermon so uh, i go fast it's so good. so good. Oh gosh, I love it so much. So um, good. But I play, uh, I play that in standard. I play that literally. I play that list. Really? It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. It, it's oh, real man. good. I played. I played that list. True story. I played a version of that list in Eternal, and won an Eternal game with that. What? <laughs> you won an Eternal yeah. game? A flower server to yeah. Wow. But it wasn't. It wasn't Hiobu. It was oh. um, RP. But okay. it was it was it was the same idea. That'd be yeah. so good in RP, actually. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I know it'd be good in RP. I know. <laughs> it was good. I won. Hundred percent win rate. Hundred percent. What a so, Retire it. So, so sample size of one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also uh, I also am pretty excited to see Botulus go. Um, okay. Botulus is going. Like and it, you I, know what's it's interesting is botulist, that botulist unfortunately is going to stay because it's it oh forever. no guys forever. well I guess it's it's either me or botulist yeah guess I'm out <laughs> <laughs> oh no okay okay sorry Shoot. Nate see you later <laughs> I, I I've only I've only ever really seen like I only think of startup as like this this one pack of cards it's like it's just the only cards I know so mm -hmm. I don't really have them filtered out properly very well in my head. Oh well. Are you gonna try uh, it to try play maybe a little bit more startup when Midnight Sun changes it up so much from what it was or what you yeah. Were playing? So realistically, I'm out. I'm out of the game and out of Netrunner for the next couple okay. of months as the new job. Um, not to say that I won't be modding on GLC still. Okay. So. Use your words carefully, because I'm always lurking. He's watching you. <laughs> it, I, that is a joke. Um, <laughs> uh, sort of. Um, but yeah, no, I, I won't be playing as much Netrunner for the next couple of months. Um, but when Midnight Sun comes out, I know the game is going to be so absolutely wild that uh, I will probably end up staying up until 3 a.m. playing Netrunner because the I, I can't I can't describe how good Midnight Sun is. Oh boy. So wait how much wait have you, you you've already seen it then? 
Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, of course. I thought you said you didn't do playtesting anymore. No, uh, I playtested Midnight Sun. I see. things you wouldn't believe. Oh my goodness. All right, so, um, all right, so, all right, I'm going to tell you my favorite cybernetic that was ever made was actually Skulljack. Wow, okay. Yeah. That's a card. So do they have a yeah. card like Skulljack in? <laughs> That's just a really random question. Cybernetics are coming back. Come on, do the do the brain for the for the trash cost. I'm into it. Wow. Well, we we should not put him on the spot. So we'll just say, all right. He's not. He's emotionless. Oh, not to say sorry. Word. I didn't hear the. I didn't. I didn't hear the question. Sorry. I was like, I, I said. I said, are there? Are, uh, well, actually, I should. I shouldn't put you on the spot, Stephen. That's right. right. I can't ask you. No, what's you shouldn't be in the put set. me on the spot. No, you shouldn't. No, <laughs> I won't tell you. Oh boy, can we? We'll read your facial expressions, though. You can read your facial expressions. All we'll you keep want. it. It'll keep a secret. No one can. No one can see. What, this a, is a podcast. I played a lot of poker when I was, I was younger. Say, he's not showing I anything. Can, I can quadruple bluff. <laughs> <laughs> so many levels. Oh, well. Yeah. This is, uh, it's been so fantastic to talk to you. This has been great. Yeah. It's been, honestly, thank you ever so much for having me on. Um, it's been a blast. Uh, yeah, like, I'm just really looking forward to seeing how the tournament pans out because, like I said, although I'm not going to be playing that much Netrunner over the next eight weeks, I'm going to be there, uh, available as a judge, uh, yeah. for judge calls and that kind of thing. Uh, I pretend I'm not good at Netrunner, but... I'm fine at Netrunner. I'm fine enough to make judge calls if people need to hit me up with some <laughs> questions about rules interactions. I tend to know them. Um, we've got a bank of GLC judges now. You, you're both included in that, I believe. At least yes. one of you is. Yes, we are. I am. I am for sure. Nate, Did Nate, I, wait. Nate have well, you not been included? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I could, I could... I could... You've been trying to answer questions. Do you know why you've not been included? It's because um, you've not listened to the oh, Time no. Traveler's Guide to Netrunner. Oh, <laughs> no. I'm sorry, Kenny. Don't worry. It's not Kenny. going It's not going anywhere. Shout out to Kenny Deacon. Um, I, have to do, I have to do my usual shout-outs. Shout-out to Laura. We've got Eurovision Party in about 12 hours. Uh, Laura, a.k.a. Oslet. Uh, she's an amazing Netrunner player and an amazing friend as well. And shout out to Patrick, world champion, uh, the other friend in our trio of friends group, um, uh, who may or may not watch Eurovision, depending on whether he's working and whether he's going to have a curry or not. Ooh. I'm into curry. Well, I am. I am into that. But I think, from what I've heard, that US curry and UK curries are radically different and uh the uk curry scene may be slightly stronger the meta the uk curry the meta UK curry might be slightly stronger that's probably true um i mean i've taken the tips i've taken the tips i can from uh my indian friends on how to make curries um mm. uh, but you know i i, I think the brits have, have have been working on it for a fair bit longer than i have <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's when we uh, invaded India, and and, and uh, that was kind of the start of it, really. And uh, we're like, "This is great. We'll take this. We'll we'll take this." 
we'll, we'll take your culture. Thanks very much for that. Thank you. I'll take um, one of those, please. Yeah. Um, but then the key, the key to a curry is making a really good paste at the start. So uh, chili, garlic, ginger, curry leaf, uh, lemongrass, depending on if you're making a Thai curry or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, blitz that up and then cook that out nicely with some onion and shallot. If you do that to start with, you make a great base for any curry. So really? What about a uh, little cookery tip? What about cumin seed and cumin mustard seed? seed? So, so any of your spices, always toast them first in a dry pan for about 30 seconds to a minute. Then okay. grind them with a pestle and mortar and then add them to your... So bear in mind, add them you to add your, your spice garlic is how much... Paste. Yeah, but, but add it to your curry early if you want it to be a background flavor. Mm-hmm. and late if you want it to be a foreground flavor sure so entry level of spicing is very important don't so, just add all your spices at the start so do you uh and you don't um so you don't what about what about putting the spices in whole to the curry instead of you grinding them do. with a the mortar that was that was you what the, that do. was what i was taught to do but oh, it, sure. so, it, it it changes the timing significantly though it changes the timing, but also it changes the, like the impact. So, like a star anise is what's it like an inch round. Mm-hmm. So, like if you've got one of those ground up, that's going to be a lot of star anise flavor in your curry mm-hmm. versus one of those, and then you take it out. So, really, it depends on what kind of flavor profile you want for your curry. Sure. Wow, that's great. Good tips. I love it. <laughs> I had straight from the food. chef. Yeah, uh, that's right. I'm into that. I am. I am really into. Uh, I am really into curry. So, uh, so I love it. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about, either of you? I actually would love to plug the Ashes to Ashes tournament we're doing. You made some fantastic art that uh, I'll make sure to put in the uh, the body. Of oh, the so good. Yeah, it took me hours, hours and hours. Did it really? No. Like, the key is, it really has to be between 5 and 30 minutes. That's that's the sweet spot. Sweet spot. If your art, if your art took longer than 30 minutes, it's, it's, it's past beyond joke level, and now people can't really enjoy it anymore. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's moved that's really, from... That's, that's a really accurate take. I, I yeah. would say it took me about 12 minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I make a lot of memes for my, uh, for my work and the, and the balance is getting just, it has to be really visible how much effort you put. And that amount has to be like, he definitely stopped what he was doing to work on this, but he didn't like set aside a bunch of time and he wasn't bored either. You know, <laughs> was, it, was it an hour and a half? That's it's, it's, it's really important. Yeah. Well, the tournament, it's going to be great. You are locked into your deck, but it's still going to kind of be the spirit of what the casual startup league have going have going on, where you have a week to play your two matches, one of each side. So it'll be great. There'll be cool prizing, and uh, hopefully we'll hopefully you'll join. I know something to note about. I think you're going to try and match up uh, people from local areas, aren't you? Just vaguely. Yes. Yeah, so. Uh, that was uh, what Truthless really wanted to do was try to make it easy, especially at the beginning for people in similar time zones. So if you sign up, uh, part of the sign up, there's a sign up sheet, which we'll link, and you disclose your time zone. We try to pair you early on 
with a daybreak time zone or someone in your time zone, and then in later matches it's a tiebreaker for the for the Swiss. Not like a made tiebreaker, but it's there uh, to try to hopefully at least make it easier to get your matches in. Sounds Helpful. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And a bonus prize, as I said, a bonus unique. There is only one in the world. I will be losing it for people that listen to the show. Uh, send a message to myself, to Steve, or to Nate, or to someone on GLC and say, I listen to the show. I'd like to be entered for the prize draw for the special pen art for the Steve Lou fanfic. Wow. Debt Rudder history can be yours. Oh my gosh. I like it. I like the I, I like the one of a kinds. That's yeah. very special. One of a kind Netrunner history. Gents, thank you so much for having me on. I'm gonna go and have a relaxing bath. I might light a candle. I might just light the fire. <laughs> All right, Ed, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Take care. All the best. Take care. Take care.